Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Yes, there really is a Chuck E. Cheese cookbook that's out. Features all the characters, Jasper, T. Jowls, the chicken Helen Henny, the title Roden himself, perfect for that party menu of mummy dogs, caramel vamples, scarlet spider stew for your next uh, Halloween gathering. Got it all in the uh, Chuck E. Cheese uh, and uh, how to... Uh, Master martial arts uh, when you get into that fight with other parents at uh, Chuck E. Cheese. That's all in the cookbook. So it's a, wow, what a handy, what a handy guide. Oh, it's for real. There really is a uh, Chuck E. Cheese book. Release PT. Uh, let's see, twenty two ninety nine. Woo! Scheduled for release day March the 19th. You can order through Amazon or at Walmart or Chuck E. Cheese's own Chuck E. Shop. <laughs> all righty then. Welcome, it's Cruiser and Crew at 97.3 FM, WVLK, 590 AM. We're also broadcasting live there, and we're streaming live on smart devices all around the world. Now, tomorrow, uh, we're taking this show to Joseph Beth Booksellers. We'll be live from Joe B's tomorrow uh, in Lexington Green from 3 to 6. And then at 6, we'll be hosting a little get-together to talk about the fabulous vacation that we put together with the folks from Colette Travel to Switzerland, Austria, and Bavaria. It uh, won't be very long, won't take up uh, much of your evening, but if you have some interest in this trip, this is an opportunity to get all the details and get any questions answered that you might have, because as I mentioned, we will have a rep from Colette there. And just as a special thank you for coming out, we're going to give one lucky attendee a $100 Malone's gift card. So that's tomorrow night at uh, Joseph Beth and Lexington Green at 6 o'clock. We were going to do this two weeks ago, but then the weather got dicey, so we... Uh, Moved it uh, a couple of weeks uh, down the road, and, well, it's tomorrow, February the 1st. So we hope that, that you can join us. So Again, this show will originate live from Joseph Beth tomorrow afternoon from 3 to 6, and then I'll be there with a Colette rep at 6 o'clock at uh, Joseph Beth uh, to talk about the uh, trip to Switzerland, Austria, and Bavaria. It's a 10-day trip. We leave on September the uh, 4th. Now, if you want to still, uh, before tomorrow night, look into this trip, you can go to WVLKAM.com. Just we've got this uh, rotating wheel at the top of the website. Just keep clicking until you see the icon and the display about this trip. Then you click on that. Or you can call Colette at 800-581-8942. That's 800-581-8942. That'd be another way if you want to get some more information before uh, tomorrow about this uh, great trip. Man, stay away from Jamaica. The, did you, you saw the State Department's warning, right? The State Department issued a stark travel warning for another Caribbean nation uh, yesterday, cautioning that Jamaica has been rocked by, get this, 65 murders this month. In the month of January, 65 murders. Now, Jamaica has always reported one of the highest homicide rates in the Western Hemisphere for years. But this is even uh, uh, above and beyond. 65 people were killed between January 1st and January 27th of this year. This is from Jamaica's uh, law enforcement. The data comes from them. 
And and that is down. <laughs> down. It was 81 in the first month of 2023. At least 1,393 homicides were reported throughout the entire last year. Jamaica has not reported less than 1,000 murders per, per year since 2003. The country has a population of 2.8 million. The U.S. Embassy in the Bahamas on Friday put the island on a level two. In, it, it, that means it, it exercise increased caution. That's what a level two means. Telling Americans, keep a low profile while you're visiting there. Don't fight back if you find yourself the victim of a crime. Now, not as uh, severe as Jamaica, the Bahamas was labeled unsafe for tourists amidst 18 murders, primarily motivated by gang violence in January alone. Murders have occurred at all hours, including in broad daylight on the streets, the embassy wrote in a release, also recommending the use of extreme caution on the eastern side of the Bahamas capital city of Nassau. Uh, the majority of crime has been burglaries, armed robberies, and sexual assaults that have occurred on the island of New Providence, that's home of the Bahamian capital of Nassau, and on the island of Grand Bahama. Violent crime has been happening in both tourist and non-tourist areas, according to the alert. So the State Department says uh, if you're traveling there, be vigilant when staying at short-term vacation rental properties where private security forces and companies do not have a, a presence. The State Department also suggested that the U.S. Tr- uh, the travelers steer clear of activities like boat tours. Basically, d- d- go to your room and stay there. <laughs> what kind of vacation is that? Yeah, go to your room and stay there. It's probably not safe to go out even during the day, and you don't want to do a boat tour. The State Department suggested that U.S. travelers steer clear of activities like boat tours with commercial registered uh, or recreational watercraft because they're not consistently regulated. I think I'll just, I think I'll just take the initial uh, uh, suggestion here and just not go. There's so many other places I can go. I don't have to go to the Bahamas. I don't have to go to Jamaica. I don't have to go to Nassau and all that. It just, I just won't go there. And this is what crime does, and we've seen it in this country where pervasive crime is causing businesses to shut down, and it's causing businesses like sports franchises, like you've seen the two franchises that moved out of D.C. to Virginia because of crime. Get this. One of the largest employers in Oakland, California, is now recommending that employees avoid going out for lunch. No wonder people want to work from home. And this is because of crime and safety. Kaiser Permiente, which owns multiple buildings in Oakland and employs thousands of workers, sent a memo to downtown workers recommending that they eat inside company buildings and either bring their own food or have it delivered. It's not just one business in the Bay Area. Several large corporations are providing security escorts for employees. Clorox and Blue Shield of California telling local media they've hired additional guards to walk workers to transit stations, parking garages, and restaurants. That's how bad it's getting. Don't go out to lunch. Stay in the building. Well, then what happens at Kaiser Permiente? Do you, do you have what Clorox and Blue Shield of California are offering? Are you going to walk me to my car at the end of the day? My, I might need an ex- escort in the morning. Good Lord. Don't go to lunch. And of course, they uh, closed an in and out 
uh, over there in uh, in Oakland, an in and out uh, burger place that I think was the only location in Oakland. Uh, they closed it because of ongoing issues with crime, and it was a successful uh, profit-making location, but in and out concerned about the safety of their employees, or maybe they can't get employees because it's dangerous. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. That's why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen. Nellie Bowles at the uh, Free Press offered an analysis of the fast food tragedy in her weekly newsletter. This is uh, Barry Weiss's uh, uh, outfit, the Free Press. Ms. Bowles writes, a profitable and popular In-N-Out Burger location in Oakland is closed, and the burger joint leadership didn't hold back about why, writing, we have made the decision to close our In-N-Out Burger location in Oakland due to ongoing issues with crime, despite taking repeated Steps to create safer conditions. Our customers and uh, our customers and associates are regularly victimized by car break-ins, property damage, theft, and armed robberies. For a little local flavor, you can read the Yelp reviews for this location, which describe people getting delicious burgers and also barely leaving with their lives. No delicious burger is worth barely leaving with your life. That was just me adding in there. But remember, stores that close after being burglarized too many times... Just don't care about the community. That's what the San Francisco Chronicle food columnist wrote. Well, that food columnist, uh, you go to work there then. And, and see, when your car breaks in, whether you're, you should continue to work there because you care about the community so you'll suffer the blight of crime personally upon your person. Is this San Francisco Chronicle food columnist telling us that minimum wage workers ought to suffer threats? And, and minimum wage workers in California, what, what fast food the minimum wage there is, what, $22 now, right? Minimum wage workers should suffer. Th- I don't care how much you're making. If I'm going to work at a place and, 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 I've, and there's the threat that I could be looking at the business end of a firearm, I'm not going to do that, and I'm not going to do it for, and I'm not sure as hell not doing it for the good of the community. Anything to, some of these people, was anything to excuse the crime, anything. Well, you know, if they didn't have the poverty, they wouldn't. Well, then apply yourself. I mean, I've had a number of people on the text line, and, and, and I guess they've got a point. Here's a guy, and, and I, I talked about the, the, the panhandler with the cardboard sign at Southland Drive and New Circle Road. He's standing there, and he's got a toolbox, and he's showing the toolbox with his sign basically saying he wants to use those tools to earn an income. So I guess he's looking for somebody to employ him. But a few people on the text line, well, if the guy's really good with tools, they, there's jobs for him. Well, that's a good point. I mean, take that toolbox and go apply. If you're that good with the tools, if you're that good at doing maintenance or fix-up or you've got talent in that area, uh, then do it. But these restaurants are not a benevolent institution. 
I mean, they are driven by profit. That's the idea. We open a restaurant. We hope to get a profit, and then we'll have employees, and we'll pay them. And if we get enough profit, maybe we'll expand, and we'll hire more people, and we'll hopefully provide a service and a product that people like. But there's people like this San Francisco Chronicle food columnist that said, well, if you really cared about the well-being of the community, you wouldn't be leaving. Well, no, maybe they don't, but they, sh- they care about the well-being of their employees. And again, this, w- this, is, an, this is an in-and-out burger that's near the airport and was evidently making a profit and doing well. It's, it's not a situation where they're closing a failing store. Uh, but the crime and uh, the drug use and, and whatnot just got to be too much. You can't get employees that way. It's hard enough to get employees if, if, if you're offering jobs up in a safe location, relatively safe location. Question of the day, what do you think of a computer chip implanted in your brain that would allow you to control objects just using your thoughts, which is what Elon Musk's Neuralink company announced it had done this week. Implanted the first patient with its brain chip technology. This, I mean, this has been around for a while, this idea. This work has been around for decades. A lot of research from academic labs and other companies trying to connect human brains to computers to address human diseases and disabilities, particularly for people who might be paralyzed or have ALS or Parkinson's or have suffered the, uh, some debilitating uh, uh, physical problems from a stroke, let's say. But you know what, though? Is there a tech device, even one that you've had for a while that is free of glitches and particularly something that's relatively new? That's the thing that would scare me. This almost, I thought about this yesterday when I saw this story about this, whoever it is. Now, again, as I said at the beginning of the show, we only have Elon Musk's word on this because we don't really have many details. But I, I, I was kind of thinking, I was a kid back when they first started to transplant hearts in humans. Remember that? And, boy, those stories, they'd follow these people that got these transplanted hearts. And God bless them, they'd probably only live two or three weeks. But that was at the cutting edge of a technology now that's fairly common. Or at least common in doctors' ability to be able to transplant a heart and have it last and keep a person alive for a significant period of time. You know, back then it was... If you lived up, if you lived two months or three or two weeks or three weeks with one of these artifacts, with a new heart, a transplanted heart, you were doing well. And I kind of got to thinking about that. Is this one of these things where it's that experimental? So, uh, what do you think of this computer chip planted in your brain? Do you think the first cyborg has just been born, or do you uh, are you all in on this? And you think this is a pretty good idea? Uh, Musk says the patient is recovering well. Initial results show promising neuron spike detention. Or, uh, well, I should, detection is what I should say. Detention may be right. Yeah, well, detention might be right, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's our question of the day at WVLKAM.com, sponsored by United Structural Systems, your experts in foundation repair and waterproofing. They lift you up where others let you down. Find United Structural Systems at ifixfoundations.com. Yesterday, we asked in response to the attacks that killed three U.S. service members over the weekend, should President Biden retaliate with strikes within Iran? Seventy percent said yes. Thirty percent said no. I said yesterday there's there are ways to get Iran. And, and isn't it funny how Iran's proxies and Iran, well, you know, we're going to back off right now and focus on, uh, on Gaza, back off on attacking U.S. Uh, uh, ships and, 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 and interests. But uh, just to... Uh, 
just to mention what I or to expand on what I said yesterday, where there are areas we could hit Iran and hit them significantly without going into Iran and hitting them. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. You've got uh, Iranian forces in Syria. In fact, Iran has about 570 military sites within the territory of Syria. We've got 30. There are Iranian Revolutionary Guard forces in Iraq. There are uh, Iranian Revolutionary Guard forces, as we know, in Yemen. That's where the Houthis have been, attacking international shipping and U.S. naval vessels in the Red Sea. And they're a wholly owned and operated subsidiary of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. Uh, so there are places where we can uh, we can hit their Quds forces. They're described by the Council on Force, uh, Foreign Relations as the Iranian Revolutionary Guard's de facto external affairs branch. It's developed ties with arms groups, armed groups in Afghanistan, Iraq, Lebanon, and the Palestinian territories and elsewhere providing training, weapons, money, and military advice to project Iran's power abroad. Uh, so there are, there are a myriad of places that we could hit Iran and hit them hard uh, and, uh, and not necessarily have to hit in, in Iraq. There are a lot of Iranian targets in the Middle East. Uh, now, again, as you know, the president said, I know what I'm going to do, but he hadn't told anybody except, I don't know, probably some donors last night down in Florida. So we'll wait and see what the response is going to be. But yesterday, 70% of us told us that, uh, of you, told us that uh, we ought to strike within Iran. 30% said no. News is next then. Bill Beck on Cruise and Recruit at 97.3 FM WVLK. Time check in now with Bill Mack, sponsored by Synergy Home. No one can control the weather outside your home, but Synergy can control the weather inside your home. Synergy Home, Lexington's heating and cooling experts. Good afternoon, Bill. Hello, your cruiserness. Now, I know your favorite day is coming up, Groundhog's Day. Oh, yeah, we all celebrate a rodent. Well, uh, we got other critters we can celebrate on that day. There oh, are a whole lot of uh, forecast prognosticators out there. Okay. Yeah. Let's run down a few. You have Oregon's Fufu the Hedgehog. Fufu. Fufu the Hedgehog, and the Europeans may have stumbled on the animal world's most accurate prognosticator. The zoo's hedgehogs, talking about the Oregon Zoo, have fared slightly better than Punxsutawney Phil with about a 53% accuracy rate. Now, I'm going to check this one here, Cruiser. And A, hmm. it's mostly cloudy in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And B, they don't have much winter to begin with. No, they don't. But they got no. they they have a hedgehog. No. They not only have a hedgehog, they also have uh, Oregon Stump Town has Filbert the Beaver that oh, makes predictions okay. from his home at the Oregon Zoo. Animal experts say what makes the beaver different from the groundhog is its tail and its teeth. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, let's see. In 2020, Filbert the beaver predicted an early spring, but out of, about a month after the prediction, the zoo had to temporarily close because of ice and snow. 
So, so much, <laughs> so much for that year's prediction. Yeah, that was like 17 inches of a dusting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Florida's burrowing owl. Residents in southwest Florida will pay homage to a bird that's commonly found in the Sunshine State and other warm areas of Central and South America. The burrowing owl is one of the smallest owls in the state, but its forecasts are always mighty. Floridians believe if the owl sees its shadow, it'll signal six more weeks of, uh, of winter. Uh, but then again, a late winter day in South Florida, you are, your lows are in the upper 50s, your highs are in the upper 70s. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crimea River. Okay. There's North Carolina's Pigsga Penny the Squirrel. And in oh. addition, in it, this is a Pigsga the Penny Squirrel gives you not just a weather forecast, Bill, but the little squirrel will also take a stab at who will come out victorious in the upcoming Super Bowl. Well, there we go. So you're getting a little extra there. In New York, you've got Cluxatani Henrietta the chicken. <laughs> Farmers say if the chicken lays an egg during the annual Groundhog Day ceremony, then there'll be an early spring. Otherwise, New Yorkers will deal with six more weeks of winter. So this one lays an egg or not. Okay, yeah. There's Connecticut. Connecticut's got Scramble the duck. <laughs> okay. Each year in Eastford, a small gathering of residents brave the cold morning temperatures for Scramble the Ducks' yearly prediction. If the Scramble the Duck sees its shadow, it means the area is in store for six more weeks of winter. Organizers say their predictions have been 100% accurate. 100%. 100? Yeah, because ducks are more intelligent animals than groundhogs and have more exposure to extreme weather. Yeah, so there you go. There's the, the duck... Outdoes the uh, groundhog. There's uh, there's one more here. Texas Bee Cave Bob the Armadillo. <laughs> this, okay. This is outside of Austin. Bob the Armadillo. Uh, down there in Austin, Texas, that's the animal everybody looks to for their yearly prediction. Each year, the animal is driven from Katy to Bee Cave for a crowd that takes part in the annual event. Organizers say the animal may not always get the forecast right, but the little guy's tough. He's had to endure those Texas frigid winters and that summer heat. So there you go. If you don't like Tux- but, uh, uh, Puxatani Phil's prediction, there's some other ones you can look up. Huh? Oh. Yeah, see? Yeah, it's, that's the kind of service we provide. You yeah. uh, yeah, highlight right. my competition for me, and I, and, and I appreciate that, Cruiser. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, we the rodent kind of gives a long-range forecast, and you yeah. get that thing down in granular style so we can, you know, really not now know what our weather's going to be. Something useful. They do, yeah. they, theirs is much more broad. Yeah, you're going to have six more weeks of winter. All right, well, that, what does that mean exactly? Yeah. What kind of winter are we going to have? Uh, how much is that? How bad is that six weeks going to be? And, yeah, is it six weeks of what we've had? or Of yeah. what we have, what we've already had. And it's, it's, to me, it's all about whether or not the sun is out. And then, of course, there's television lights. So, sure, it's going to see its shadow under those circumstances. Isn't right. It? Any critter. Because how many times have we talked about, you know, where they say, well, he, he saw a shadow, but I'll put up a satellite picture, and it's overcast. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah. But, but he said that little hole he crawls out of that they yank him out of, uh, and I still wish he'd bite the guy that yanks him out Uh yeah, there's lights all over the place, television lights. Yeah. An exclusive golf club in Fresno, California, was busted for allegedly operating an illegal cannabis business. Inves- oh. Investigators arrived last Thursday morning found found thousands of dollars worth of illegal cannabis, cannabis products, and paraphernalia. Well, I, I know what's going on uh-huh. here. Yeah, they hired Carl as the groundskeeper. <laughs> and uh, we've, we've, yeah, we've seen this. Yeah, a little uh, 
Kentucky bluegrass and California sends me in, yeah. Yeah, shit, right. You can play on it. <laughs> huh. It's a little harsh. <laughs> Cannonball. Cannonball. <laughs> it's a little harsh. Cannonball coming. Well, that's what they did. I got Carl, the groundskeeper, yeah. out there. Uh, and then there's a 39-year-old woman in Colorado named Crystal Gable who just found out she's running for president, and she's not happy about it. She didn't plan oh. to run for president. She doesn't want to run for president, but she'll be on the ballot in Minnesota's primary running as the legal marijuana now party candidate. Uh, so how did this happen? Well, she is a marijuana activist, and she's run for political office before, but it happened because she used to be in the party's Facebook group, and they nominated, nominated her without her permission, and they thought she'd be cool with it. Because, you know, when we're smoking a lot of dubs, we're always cool. We're cool with anything. Dude. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. And we don't care. Uh, she only found out because she's got a Google alert set up for her own name. Minnesota's primary is March 5th. She can have her name removed. Uh, she's actively telling people not to vote for her. She says we all have a common law right not to be forced to be candidates. Called the whole thing anti-democratic. So there it is. She's uh, she's not so running. You miss one meeting and you either become recording secretary <laughs> or you get nominated for president. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, she'll volunteer. Yeah, she's down with it. Yeah. All in favor. Oh, aye, aye. And everybody's hands go up. A New Hampshire woman who'd fallen into a bin while dumping her trash was rescued from inside a garbage truck. That, oh, wow. That picked up the bin. On top of that, the driver had already compacted the trash four times with her inside before oh. she was rescued. Mm, that's got to be scary. Here is uh, the, uh, the... What's that? I'll say it's like the scene from Star Wars. Uh, uh, I didn't see Star Wars. What scene would that be in Star Wars? Did they get, the, did the they get caught in a where tr- They've got Princess Leia and, and Hans and... Uh, Han Solo and Luke Skywalker and Chewbacca are in the uh, the uh, Imperial Cruisers trash compactor. Oh, <laughs> with a, with I, like a lizard. I didn't yeah. know our Star Wars heroes uh, got caught in a trash compactor. I, yeah, I didn't. I did not. Know. Of course, I haven't seen Star Wars, so I, I don't know. I didn't see that. Uh, here's Battalion Chief uh, Bob Badeau and witnesses talking about what happened to this uh, woman. She's got minor injuries. That's good. Yeah. 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 Minor injury. She's gonna be okay. That Uh, was wicked. uh, (laughs) The garbage truck had a camera. And the driver finally saw the woman uh, trapped back there. So I get what garbage trucks have a. Do our garbage trucks have a camera in the back to show what's in the back of the thing? I think because they're all on these these robotic arms now. Yeah, right. Yeah. So as, as it's getting dumped in, I think. But they, boy, that had to have been heavy. Yeah, that. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a few hundred pounds or a couple hundred pounds there. Picking up that bin, yeah. Yeah. And then her, and then she's inside of that man. That had to be. That had to be scary. Uh, there is something called dimple plasties. This is the hottest plastic surgery trend where basically uh, people can have dimples made oh. on their face. That, okay. now isn't, that, isn't that that chi- children have dimples? I guess maybe some adults keep the dimples. 
But usually dimples are a kid thing. The rise of dimpleplasty is a minimally invasive procedure to create the appearance of natural dimples on one or both cheeks follows the popularity of the dimple maker beauty tool. Oh, good. So we got a do-it-yourself item. Great. Which pinches the face to create the illusion of indentations but comes with the risk of skin damage. But rather than settle for potentially dangerous do-it-yourself plastic surgery, youth chasers are forking over at least $1,500 or more (laughs) for permanent cosmetic uh, surgery Uh, to to have dimples. I don't know. I I never had dimples. don't know, don't know that I. Uh, I mean, I have, and they're remarkably cute. You know? Are they? Well, they are. They're just adorable. Yeah. They're adorable. They're just adorable. <laughs> your uh, your dimples. Well, uh, I guess you can. This, this idea that you go get a dimple maker and do it yourself. That's like gouging out your cheek. Yeah, that sounds like all kind of stuff uh, can go wrong there. A pizza hut in Canada had to put up a sign to announce that they were only open for takeout and delivery, but it had an unfortunate typo. It said, the sign, due to unforeseen circumcisions. Instead of, <laughs> instead of circumstances, the dining room will be closed this evening. Sorry for the inconvenience. I guess we know where Canadian bacon comes from. <laughs> I guess we do. <laughs> what, uh, the pizza hut's making some cuts? Oh, and it's staffing. I'll take a slice. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> a local hospital jumped in to say they could handle the circumcisions. Pizza Hut also had a sense of humor about it. They apologized, confirmed it was an autocorrect issue, put up a new sign that emphasized circumstances in all uh, caps. They also hyped a new $5 promotion <laughs> and jokingly added no tip required. Oh, <laughs> at least they, uh, At least they were in on the joke. And then yeah. if, if you can't wait two weeks for the Super Bowl, of course, Super Bowl, there's no football this weekend. Well, there's that flag football Pro skills Bowl. challenge, yeah. Pro Bowl stuff. and Boy, but have you seen the lineup of college basketball games for Saturday? Ooh, doggy. Yeah. There's some good ones. There's some good ones. But if you still can't get enough Super Bowl, Pluto TV, an ad-supported streaming service, has launched a special NFL Super Bowl Classics channel available through February 21st. The channel runs 24-7, stocked with NFL Films programming, including full game replays of Super Bowl Classic games, as well as documentaries, Road to the Super Bowl, and History of the Super Bowl. In addition to retrospectives breaking down the most previous Super Bowls, other programs include greatest Super Bowl finishes, ranking every Super Bowl MVP performance, and the craziest Super Bowl plays of all time. So there you go. Uh, you're going to have to watch some commercials, but I think we all have Pluto pretty much. If you've got an Amazon Fire Stick or a Roku or something like that, you'll, you'll have Pluto on it. Oh, I can, I can rewatch Super Bowl twenty, the only one that really counts. Uh, is that the one the Bears won? Bears were over Patriots, yeah. 1985. Now, but yeah, but is that going to be a classic Super Bowl game? Super Bowl classic it was game. For me. Well, it was <laughs> <laughs> okay, good enough. Uh, it was for Bill. Yeah. I'll, I'll check your uh, listings there on your Pluto TV and see if that's going to pop up. Uh, my team, the Bengals, uh, they've been in the Super Bowl three times and they lost all three times. So, and they were all close games, uh, but I still have no desire to watch it. So, I don't even know if I'd have watched it if they'd have won. I mean. I, I don't watch games normally where I know how it turned out. Yeah, so. I think, and I think I still got the game on VHS somewhere. Oh, you mean the 85 game with the Bears? Who did the Bears yeah, beat? It was 86. Yeah, it was 86. Uh, 85 Bears, 86 Super Bowl. Who'd they beat? The Patriots. I thought so. Yeah, and it wasn't close, was it? 
No, no, it was over in the first five minutes. Those games back then were. I mean, there was a string there of Super Bowls where it seemed like every Super Bowl was a blowout, and you knew it was going to be a blowout early on because there would be one team that would commit stupid penalties or, or, or turnovers early in the game. And it, and it was just, I mean, I remember Denver getting bombarded and, and Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills when they I mean, yeah. just getting crushed in Super Bowls that were over before they really got started. and. And the Dolphins were actually a better team than the Patriots that year. The Dolphins were the only team to beat the Bears in the regular season, and the Patriots pulled an upset in the, uh, the I think it was the, the conference final. Yeah, and then uh, and the Bears took care of them back in. Uh, yeah. Am I seeing something about, uh, who, who was the quarterback then, McMahon? Jim yeah. McMahon? Is that his first name? Yeah, uh, the punky QB known as McMahon. Did I see something about him running for president? I have not seen anything about that, but it wouldn't surprise me. I'm going to look that up. I thought I saw something today because I saw his picture pop up and something about him running for president. Oh. Well, you get the refrigerators, your secretary of defense. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Get Richard Dent for that. Yeah, Dick, uh, you'd be your sec- well, Dick is dead. I don't know. He could have been your secretary of state. Uh, Dick is not dead. Oh, that's right. Buckus Dick is, not- is dead. Oh, Buckus yeah. is dead. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're, you're right. Yeah, Dick Buckus. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's right. Dick is still around. Yeah. All right, the let's coach. check uh, the coach. Thank you, Bill. All righty, Cruiser. There was your Bill Mack, Chief Meteorologist from the LAX 18 Storm Tracker Weather Center. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.